When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. everybody welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour presented by the Ohioan Podcast Network as well as Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm Chris Pugh. I'm with uh, Joe Frost. Paul Yanchuk's got the week off uh, but we hope to have him back next week. Uh, Joe how you doing? Doing great. Got to see some pretty exciting football this weekend. Unfortunately it didn't involve the Steelers directly but uh, it was still good to be a football fan this weekend. Yeah, I got to admit, um, I, I kind of tuned stuff out once the Steelers get knocked out. But, yeah, for you know, the most part, I, I I do too. Well, this year was a little bit different because I work for um, I work for 21 newspapers in Ohio. So we cover most of the professional teams. Uh, we cover uh, the Bengals and the Browns. And, you know, where I work at, I help write the extra – pop culture fun stories about these teams. So although it hurt me as a Steelers supporter, I, I had to write uh, some Bengals stories this past week, and it was kind of crazy. Uh, Did you write Joe, a lot of Brown stories? No, because they're all the no? no? Oh, they yes. are? Yes. Oh, wow. Hmm. I, I, I got to tell you, last year I had to write Brown stories the week after they beat the Steelers <laughs> in the playoffs. And my goodness, I was crushing a lot of things about my life that week. It was very There's depressing. not enough money. <laughs> yes, it was depressing to write. Oh, and they scored against the Steelers. I'm like, oh, this is rough. Oh, well, uh, I, I got to tell you the fun, the most fun story I had, and I, I love to get on one of our podcasts, either this one or etc. Podcast. Um, I wrote a little pop culture top type story about Mattress Mac. Uh, he owns the gallery furniture uh, chain hmm. of stores. I guess he's based in Houston, and um. Supposedly, he's a Christian. He tweets out a bunch of Bible verses, but he's a prolific gambler. I uh, get this, Joe. 
he bet $1.1 million that the Bengals would, you know, cover the spread. So okay. going into last week's game, the Titans were three and, a, three and a half point favorites. The Bengals win, so the Bengals won that bet. But he also at the same time bet that the Titans will win the Super Bowl. He bet 700000 on that. If the Titans won the Super Bowl, he would have won $5.9 million. But apparently what he does is he um, has furniture deals based on the football teams win the games. So if he bets lots of money on both, it kind of covers him insurance-wise. I'm like gambler, so I don't know how that works. But, yeah. yeah it doesn't make any sense to me either. <laughs> interesting guy to write a story on. And uh, I'll be honest, we're kind of waiting. I'm sure since the Bengals are in the AFC title game, I'm sure there'll be a big bet coming from him, and I'm sure I'll write about it sometime before the weekend. So, been kind of following him on Twitter, seeing when he's going to place that. So, yeah, it's a super <laughs> support. It's not been a fun week, but you know, it's a job. You got to roll with it. Yeah. So, hey, we're in the off season. We're we're kind of feeling our way around what we're talking about with the Steelers, and yeah, speaking of the Bengals, the uh, Bengals won and the Chiefs won. Uh, so tonight. Hey, going into next year, um, if the Steelers are going to make the Super Bowl, they got to get by Cincinnati. They got to get by Kansas City. Uh, we, we may talk briefly also tonight about Buffalo. They got to get, get by Buffalo. And it's going to be a challenge. So let's first of all talk about the Bengals. Um, last weekend, uh, Cincinnati went into Tennessee. And Joe, even though you know the Steelers got handled pretty easily by the Chiefs, I still believe that if somehow the Steelers would have beat the Chiefs, went to that next round of the playoffs, Tennessee was a winnable game for Pittsburgh. I was not into Tennessee at all. And I'll be honest with you, Cincinnati didn't play that well. They got sacked nine times. Um, you know, they didn't really – a lot of field goals and stuff, touchdowns with some of their drives. Right. Um, even their game-winning field goal was like a 54-yard field goal. It wasn't like a chip shot by any means. And the Bengals won. I thought the Bengals were clearly the better team. I wasn't impressed with Tennessee at all. Uh, let's start really quick with Tennessee, um, I guess. You know, Ryan Tannehill, you talked about all the teams are looking for quarterbacks. I think Tennessee might be looking for a quarterback. You can't play like Ryan Tannehill played and – have your team go to the Super Bowl. I think there's some, you know, drawbacks there. Uh, Julio Jones was supposed to save the world for Tennessee. Uh, he didn't do that much. He, uh, he was hurt for part of the year, too. So, yeah, Tennessee was rough. <clears throat> yeah, and a year where, that, where they were really their, their most, their highest skill player, you know, tier, were all so hobbled by injuries but they were still in in the playoffs this past weekend. So I mean, there's and came down to a last second field goal to lose. Uh, so they're not necessarily slouches by any by any stretch. And who knows what happens when you get into next season if uh, Derrick Henry's able to stay healthy. If uh, who knows what Julio Jones is going to be able to do next season? Um, there's some there's some question marks still there. But if they hadn't been so decimated by injury and losing their highest level skill positions uh, for significant portions of the season, you know, who knows if by the time they reach the playoffs, they may not gel a little bit better. 
Oh, this is, was Derrick Henry's first week back, so they're trying to right. fit him back into the scheme that they rode for the second half of the season. So, yeah, that was it was going to be an uphill battle, and I still I agree with you that it had the Steelers somehow uh, found some way to to win against Kansas City, they would definitely would have had a shot against a, uh, a Tennessee team that was still trying to put it all together. Um, and they went down to the Bengals. Yeah, and to clarify, you, you're right. It was a Derrick Henry that didn't seem to be 100% even when he no. came back. No. Uh, and, and that had part of it why Tennessee was very beatable. But, you know, even last year where the Steelers won a lot of games throughout the year, it was an imperfect, undefeated team at the time. You know, mm-hmm. you know they showed that they weren't like this – undefeated juggernaut or something. You know, Pittsburgh beat Tennessee with a healthy Derrick Henry. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's a... They really I did. It was such a weird game, especially compared to the way that they had dealt with the run this season. Uh, yeah. Uh, they just handled Derrick Henry. I don't know what it was that, that Butler was calling last season that they were able to muster the ability to to to, to contain him in that game because Henry was doing well last season as well. So, but when he, they came head to head, the Steelers really had him contained. Yeah. It, so I had year, high hopes if they had a chance of getting by Kansas City, they could have done well. Each year's different. And, and we know Steelers looking like they'll need a new starting quarterback next year. But I would say at least for the last couple of years, the Steelers matched up well with the Titans. I guess that's what we could say. And, you know, other teams did the same, too. Uh, but let, let's briefly talk about the Bengals. Man, the Bengals, we weren't sure where they were going to be this year. Um, they really took that step forward. Um, you know, Joe Burrow has developed. Uh, we didn't know about Jamar Chase at the beginning of the year. And, my goodness, Jamar Chase, I'm mean, the sky's the limit for that guy. Um they just you know, have such he, a special connection between the two of them. Right. You know, they've got the history. They just have this. They understand each other. And that's been a hallmark that uh, Roethlisberger brought to the Steelers where he was able to, at different times, find that receiver that he just gelled with. They they were just vibing together. And, you know, they, they, were, he could, they would understand each other on the field. And that's what... Uh, a Chase and Burrow have right now, so that's that's that connection is something that's going to be important if the Steelers are going to be able to keep pace with the now AFC North champ Bungles. So yeah, we need to say that out loud. And unless something extremely unusual happens in the offseason, I say they go into next year as the favorites in the AFC North. Sure, yeah. why not? I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, let's say it for what it is. Um, the thing about Jamar Chase that really impressed me, at the beginning of the season, he seemed to be like that Tyreek Hill guy who is more fast than a complete receiver. But mm-hmm. my goodness, as the season went on, his routes got better. And yeah, he could outrun you, but he was running some good routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, late in the game, he had that long catch to uh, put the Bengals in the field goal p- position on that last drive. And it was a great route. So, I mean, it was good. Um, you know, Joe Mixon's solid. I wouldn't call Joe Mixon an incredible running back. Um, you look at their defense. Yeah, the defense has gotten better. Uh, the guy, 
you know, Steelers fans used to love. And Mike Hilton is now, you know, with the Bengals and playing pretty well. I, I don't think the Bengals have a top five defense. That, that interception very, that Hilton got was incredible. Right. Well, it's a, it's a very oppor- opportunistic defense. They're not like the best defense in the NFL. They're not top five. But they make plays when they have to. And right. that's what got them past the Raiders. That's what got them past the Titans. Um, we, we've got a couple minutes before the end of this first segment. Um, I don't know. Let, let's pick that one move that you know they need to do to really help them. Uh, quarterback, yeah, we could say that about everybody, so maybe we exclude the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I would say cornerback um, on, on the defensive side is going to be really yeah. important against Cincinnati. Uh, you're going to have to deal with Jamar Chase. Um, I, I think right now I like Cam Sutton. I like Joe Hayden. Um, I, I like I the like Norwood. Uh, Norwood right. is progressing rapidly, and I love the way he's playing. He's but playing for the end of the season. Right, but, but Norwood's more of a safety. I mean, you need that shutdown guy that you can yeah. trust. And I, the thing that concerns me is I've seen flashes of brilliance all year from Hayden, um, flashes of brilliance from Cam uh, Sutton, mm-hmm. and, you know, Weatherspoon has played better as the year went on. But, but once in that I guess he got used to the system, yeah. Right, but you have to have a consistency or Jamar Chase alone will kill you. And Jamar yeah. Chase alone has been killing. Uh, the Bengals have other good receivers. Uh, I think it's T. Higgins, the guy that's kind of owned the Steelers a little bit too. Um, yeah, but, but it's a whole, but it's a whole secondary issue. You're 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 spot right. on. I mean, that's the the special connection between Chase and Burrow right now is going to be the thing that you have to stop when you're trying to match up against the Bengals, and it's that secondary play, especially on corner, but the whole secondary. Especially now that uh, Jamar Chase is is getting stronger and stronger at route running, uh, it's going to be the whole secondary that really needs to shut down everything. And then, what, if you have a corner that actually can keep pace with Chase, um, there's the pot, there's the potential that you know Higgins or whoever else that's that's around the receiving core next season, including the possibility of what Juju was talking about. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, he was talking about going to Kansas City. Um, with the possibility that there may be other receivers now that Cincinnati is looking a little bit more attractive to potential um, free agents, the, that just is going to cause more trouble for a secondary moving forward. Higgins, Boyd, and like Osama, the tight end, they're manageable. They're good, but they mm-hmm. can be stopped. Chase is a guy that scares me. And right now, on Cam Sutton's best day, I think you hang with Chase. But Cam Sutton didn't have a ton of best days. He had some really good games and some uh, rough games. Same thing with Hayden. Same thing with Weatherspoon. I mean, to say we're going to win at least one game against the Bengals or both games against the Bengals, you've got to have a consistent guy that, yeah, you're not going to completely neutralize Chase, but you're not you can't have Chase go crazy. And right. Chase has gone crazy against some really good defenders. Um, yeah, I mean, I think right now the Bengals have a better team. There's other things that need to become better. And I think, mm-hmm. again, the obvious thing that we can talk about with any team in the league is Steelers and quarterback, Steelers and better, uh, the offensive line. But, you know, that 
quarterback, especially because the Chiefs is something that's going to be really critical. All right, well, let's take a break here, here on the Ohioan and uh, Behind the Steel Curtain Networks. Share an ad, and we'll be back to talk about the Chiefs here on the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. Myself, Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek is off for the week. And we are talking AFC title game. Uh, lots of interesting playoff games over the weekend. And we care as Steelers supporters because we want to see how the Steelers can get past these teams. Um, Joe, we talked about the Bengals in the first uh, part of our program. Let's get to a game that kind of scared the heck out of me. Uh, Chiefs and Bills, pretty tight the whole way through. And then everyone just went crazy in the last, it was like 25 points in the last two minutes. They were going back and forth. Um, who's the guy from Buffalo that scored four touchdowns? Like, uh, P- Roscoe Parrish, I believe. I can't remember. Uh, oh, oh, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. This guy I never heard of for Buffalo scored four touchdowns for Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, you know, also well, didn't has... they score fifty touchdowns total or something? It's just ridiculous. Every thirteen right. seconds, they were scoring another touchdown. Right, but it was amazing because, like, for Buffalo, they have a great receiver core already. I mean, you've got Stephon Diggs, you got um, Cole Beasley, you got the ex Steeler Emmanuel Sanders, and now you got fourth guy who's running out there scoring four touchdowns. It's nuts how deep they are when your fourth um, guy is scoring four touchdowns. Right, <laughs> you're right. In a good, you're in a good place. And, and believe me, we've talked about this past on the podcast. I'm sure we'll talk about more as the offseason wears on. I don't think we can say I'm with the fourth guy for the Steelers. He's not going to score four touchdowns in a game. No, probably um, not. Right. Um, you know, the amazing thing that struck me about that game was Josh Allen literally uh, took that team on his back. I mean, they were, uh, you know, the running game for Buffalo – uh, Devin Singletary isn't the greatest running back. So Allen just pretty much ran, you know, sweeps by himself. Uh, he mm-hmm. was running around like a crazy man. Uh, there was one player, remember, where it looked like he was going to get sacked four times. He broke out of everything, ran for 15 yards. And mm-hmm. he's not Michael Vick fast. But, you no. know, I, I read a comparison about he runs like a young Ben Roethlisberger, which I thought was an interesting comparison. Um, That's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't heard anybody say that, but I but now that you say that, it, it's very familiar. He's yeah. big and tall and strong, so he's able to break those tackles. 
when watching him run, I know that he's racked up probably a lot more yards than Roethlisberger ever did. But um, you wouldn't look at him and say, and look at his style of play. You know, the eye test doesn't tell you that he's running. He's trying to be a runner the way that some of the quote-unquote mobile quarterbacks today try to do. He runs smart. He, he steps out of bounds. He does slide. He does do those things. And when he fights for that extra yard, it's because he's fighting for uh, that first down yard. <laughs> you know, he just Buffalo. doesn't do it that often, as opposed to the guys who seem to run like they're trying to run somebody over. They're not trying to avoid the hit. They keep taking them. Buffalo so I like, it. Yeah, I like him running smart. Buffalo needs to run, draft running back, though, but you can't. I, I mean, you know, you talk about how they ran like Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick into the ground. I mean, at least those guys are running. I mean, Allen's running power runs where mm-hmm. he's getting tackled. And everything. Now, Allen's a bigger guy. He seems to be a little bit stronger and everything. But, man, they're going to get Josh on killed one of these games, man. I mean, he's running. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. He's running smart. He's trying to run out of bounds and everything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's running running plays like running backs would. It's not like a Michael Vick where he runs for daylight and you know, he'll, he might go out of bounds or everything. Man, Josh Allen is just – it's insane to run. He's doing he was doing a lot of that this weekend, but now you're talking right. about playoff football. Like I think right. during the season, he's a lot more careful than I than I've watched Lamar Jackson be. Right. I feel like Lamar runs like a runner, like he's right. looking for contact because he wants those extra couple of yards. That comp- that competitive thing, um, and Allen doing that in the playoffs. I mean, that's where you do it. <laughs> I read a bunch of tweets this week, and I'll be honest, I didn't like. A lot of people were like, wow, I can't believe the Steelers actually beat this Bills team earlier. Well, they did, and we've talked about this during the year. I think nine times out of ten, if the Steelers and Bills kept playing each other, maybe the Bills won, but the game that the Steelers won, they deserved the win. They confused Mm -hmm. them defensively. Uh, The Steelers' offense wasn't fantastic, but they didn't make mistakes. They ended up winning the game. So, but you know, the Bills look tough, but let's talk about the winning team, the Chiefs, and hey, I, I think they're going to become the new Patriots for the Steelers. They are because... the New England. They are New England now. Right, and, and I will I say... I can't stand them watching them win anymore. I don't even like to watch them play anymore. They deserve our scoring, but the thing I don't want us <laughs> to do as uh, Steelers fans is we used to hate Tom Brady, but, and I'm sure the Steelers fans the Steelers organization didn't like Tom Brady, but they didn't do that much to stop it. You know what I mean? It, it's like starting the season, the Steelers have got to say, how do we beat this guy? Let's not just hate the guy for 15 years and have him win 14 out of 15 years. Let's right. figure out a way of stopping Pat Mahomes. Um, and I think it's possible. Um, you know, right now, the strategy is tough. Because, like, you know, for them to beat the, the Chiefs this year, they've had to make no mistakes on offense and completely confuse them on defense. But, you know, the Sooners are great against the Chiefs in the in the playoffs in the first quarter defensively. And then the Chiefs score three touchdowns in three minutes and so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the Sooners can't come back. So, again, quarterback's going to be important for the Steelers. Yes, 
offensive line is going to be important for the Steelers. That's a given. We can talk about that on everything. I, boy, Joe, I, I think to get past the Chiefs, there's two issues. I think we could say the same thing that, as we did about quarterback. You know what I mean? We got to make sure we can stop all the receivers. But let me break my rule. Here's what Ooh. bothered me about that game. Here we go. I looked at it, and yeah, it's one of those games where the offenses show. They stole the day and everything else. But I looked at that and I said, look at the AFC now. You've got Mahomes. you got Josh Allen. you got um, Joe Burrow. And I think the Bengals are going to keep getting embarrassed in the offense. The Bengals aren't up to the Chiefs level offensively. They're going to get there in a year or two. I think they're on the, the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, you even look at a team like the Chargers. Now, I know the Chargers didn't make the playoffs, but the Chargers can put up points. Yeah, look out you for look, Herbert. Yeah. And you look at the Steelers, and yeah, I mean, hey, let's make fun of if we start, you know, Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph or whoever. But Joe, I'll be honest with you, dude. You know, Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers is probably a little bit of a pipe dream. You know, I think you could say the same thing about Russell Wilson or maybe a Deshaun Watson. But Joe, it, it's an arms race in the AFC. You know, Mason Rudolph can't lock horns with. Mahomes, Burrow, you know, and all those Allen and, you know, Herbert. We're going to lose. And, yeah, you could say, well, you know, the Sewers have T.J. Watt. The Sewers can mm-hmm. make up for that. But, look, you guys score points in this league, dude. And I'm not saying the Sewers necessarily need the mortgage of the future and go after one of these stud quarterbacks. But after watching that game, man, you can't try it out – Mason Rudolph, you can't try out Dwayne Haskins. You can't even try out some dude you bring in like a Teddy Bridgewater. You can't try out Kenny Pickett, some dude you get from a draft. I, I mean, I'm almost starting to think maybe you, you figure out a way of getting Aaron Rodgers in or Russell Wilson. Because you're not going to win the next five, ten years, dude. I, I really don't think you are. Well, I think the uh, you know when we when we're looking at how do you stop the Chiefs, what do you got to do? Is you look at the times when they have been vulnerable in the past couple of years. When did they get it handed to them? Last year's Super Bowl, they got handed to them. Uh, earlier in the season, they got it handed to them. And how it happened was being able to beat their line. When and, and I think the same was true for Tom Brady for all these years. Tom Brady was the most protected quarterback <laughs> in all of the league. Uh, and as long as he had a solid line in front of him in, in uh, New England and he had time to work and time to think and time to extend plays, you were screwed because he was going to be accurate. So as long but, as he had time. But last year's Super Bowl, when he had they had trouble on the line, they just got absolutely demolished. If he doesn't have time to think, if he doesn't have time to look around, then, then, then he, he's gonna, he, they're gonna lose. But uh, and have- so it, it's finding that combination of people. JJ Watts, great, but having more people involved in that front line in that blitzing scheme in in whatever is happening and, up and there. You- 
I'm saying you you're TJ Watt. You said JJ, TJ Watt. Oh, I said T. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh uh, no, you're. Well, also get JJ. That'd be great too. But, uh, but having having TJ is fantastic. It's a great start, and that's part of why you do well in the first quarter of that Steelers Chiefs game, but because TJ was doing his job. But you not know- that he didn't later, but he was less dominant. He was less. Uh, he was less active. They found a way to double him, and then they, then uh, Mahomes had time. Well, I don't agree with you. You gotta get to Mahomes. You gotta beat their line. But I'll be honest with you, Joe. I mean, last year in the playoffs with the Chiefs, they started. They didn't have that great of a line last year, and their starters got hurt. That's why it was a joke in the Super Bowl. That's why Tampa Bay got. Oh, I know. But, I know, you know. But that was what did it. When- but. Ke- but Casey, Brian, a couple guys, they have much better line this year. And when they struggled at the beginning of the year, to me, I think it was more on Mahomes. I think Mahomes wasn't patient. I think they just said, hey, we've got Tyree Kill. Let's throw some deep balls to him. Instead of just saying, hey, let's utilize the whole field. Let's utilize Travis Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey didn't yeah, have a great healthy. year to start out the year, but they started getting the ball to Kelsey more in the end of the year, and they became hard to stop. So I I think Casey did a much better job this year of taking what the defenses gave to them. And when they did that better, they became unbeatable. And their defense looked better at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. Well, I mean, let's call it what it is. All right. Oh, their defense looked better. They gave up almost 500 yards to the Bills. But overall, 500 keep, yards overall, right. 500 yards. You wouldn't have to go down and score a touchdown in 13 okay. seconds without, without that. But, but, but here's my, here's exactly my point then. No matter what the Steelers do to their defense this offseason, you know, if they can get a couple of good guys or whatever else the case might be, yeah, they can look good. They can confuse the Bills and beat them early in the year. But man, there's going to be games where no matter who you have, you're, you know, you're going to get toasted by two. Casey you just need to be on the good field. defense. You just need to be on the field. You need to stop right. with the three and out nonsense. You need to stop right. throwing a third down pass two three yards behind the first down marker. You need like just stuff that makes common sense uh, and yeah. extend things. And you're not going to wear out the defense quite so bad. Sometimes game uh, the time of possession is the game that you want to play almost as much as trying to run down the field and score really fast. And here's the sneaky way of getting around it. I don't think Mason Ruff is going to beat these teams in the next five years, if that's where you go. Now, if you can improve your offensive line, if Najee keeps developing, and you can get a good second running back, we t- I think last week we talked about D'Angelo yeah. Williams. Remember mm-hmm. when you had a guy like him who – D'Angelo Williams is not a Hall of Famer, but when you have a guy like that who can carry a spell Le'Veon Bell like he did, it made everything so much better. Yeah. But honestly, Joe, after watching a Kansas City Buffalo game, if they got like let's say a Melvin Gordon from the Broncos, that would become that good second running back. Mm-hmm. You still need a good quarterback. And I know again, there's pitfalls with Aaron Rodgers, there's pitfalls with these other guys. You're gonna have to pay out a ton of money, but man, it's an arms race. They're all is young. It a, is it enough to bring in Derek Carr? Uh, is it enough to bring in Mariota? Oh, you said, I, you said not Bridgewater. I was speaking of our friends at Beyond Still Curtain, but 
Uh, I saw a poster on their Slack, um, and I'm not going out the guy, but the guy really called for Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is not a good passer. He's mobile, but you got to learn how to be able to throw. I'm not a big fan of Mariota as a passer. Now, if you needed a backup, Mariota's not a bad backup. I, I didn't mind what the Raiders did with Mariota, where they brought him in on pl- on certain places to change the pace of the car. But, yeah, I don't think Mariota's that guy. I don't think Carr's that guy. The Raiders aren't dumb. They, they, they can be dumb at times, but that's why the Raiders are talking about maybe bringing somebody else in, talking about saying, hey, maybe Carr's not our quarterback. Well, if Carr's not good enough for the Raiders, what makes him good enough for the Steelers? You know, come on. So, I don't know. I, I'll tell you, I watched Mario against the Bengals. I wasn't super impressed, to be honest with you. So, We'll see. So, yeah, real quick uh, before we go, what's your pick for this weekend? Let, let's just pick the Bengals uh, Chiefs game. I, I say Chiefs by three. What do you think? Oh, I'm, I think the Chiefs are probably going to – they're going to run it up. Okay. Uh, I, I, that's, just, that's just what I'm – that's just what we're looking at. I don't think it'll be by three. I think it'll probably be more like by ten. Because once okay. the Chiefs get up, then you know there'll be some garbage time action. But I think I think the first half will be dominated by Kansas City. The Bengals hung with the Chiefs. Bengals actually beat the Chiefs at the end of the year. But you know it's playoffs, and the Chiefs are looking playoffs good. now, baby. All right. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for checking us out. Uh, this is the episode that you will hear on Behind the Steel Curtains, uh, Pittsburgh Sewer Power Half Hour. We'll also share it on the Ohioan. Hey, everybody. Um, you know, subscribe to Behind the Steel Curtain, but also subscribe to the Ohioan. Uh, we've got lots of sports stuff. We got the Center show with uh, Joe and Paul, and we got a lot of other fun pop culture stuff. So if you like your sports with a bunch of pop culture, subscribe to that as well. Um, we'll also have a, a bonus Behind the Steel Curtain, uh, Pitcher Steel, Power Half Hour. Uh, We're going to talk about news of the week. Um, So uh, stay tuned and um, check that show out, too. So for Joe, this is Chris. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great day, Stuart.